Welcome to the Well Stylist Podcast, a podcast for women who want to elevate their thinking, increase their confidence with money, and discover the path to building a meaningful business. I'm your host, Natasha Campbell, founder of WellStylist.com, money expert, speaker, and coach. I'm not your average money expert. That's because I aim to do more than to teach you how to budget and save for your audacious goals. Women like you come to me to live happier, financially healthier, and more fulfilled in life. If you're ready to design the life that you love, then you're in the right place. Like many college graduates, Julissa found herself drowning in debt and looking to corporate America to save her. She began working in the finance industry, doing everything from helping people in foreclosure find solutions to their money problems, to working for a bankruptcy attorney. After being laid off, Jalisa took a long look in the mirror and made the decision to never let anyone or anything control her financial future. With no savings and no one to turn to, she devoted all her free time to studying and mastering all aspects of personal finance and wealth. She paid off over $40,000 in debt and began on the road to financial freedom. For the last three years, she has been teaching what she has learned to other women all over the world. I am super excited to have the one and only, the money mogul, Jaleesa Ann Harrison, to join us on the Well Silas podcast. Jaleesa, thank you so much for being part of this. You know, um, I have followed your brand for quite some time. And I can honestly say that your brand matches up with everything that you say and believe um, in person. You know, sometimes you meet and connect with people and there's like a mismatch, but I can always, I can say that you are totally in alignment with what you preach online and what you commit to in person. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast on the Wealth Stylist. <laughs> Oh, yay. Um, thank you for having me, Natasha. I'm so happy to be here um, and just thankful for allowing me to kind of pour into your audience. Yay. I'm super excited. <laughs> we had like a pre-conversation before we actually started recording, so I am excited to have her here because it's going to be loaded with a lot of, I think, good practical tips that the audience can listen to and put into practice in their everyday life. Um, so before we even get into some of the uh, questions that I wanted to share with you, could you share your story and your message with us with how you got started, you know, on your journey to empowering women to create financial freedom? Yes, absolutely. So um, hello, everyone. For those of you who do not that do not know me, my name is Jaleesa Ann, um, Jaleesa Ann Harrison, and I am the money mogul. I empower women um, through my website, my, mymoneymogul.com, and through my uh, podcast, Secrets of a Money Mogul. And how I got started was, I really feel like God kind of forced me into this. My life kind of forced me into this. Um so I grew up in a single family household. My mother was a teenage mother and, you know, I watched her struggle and work hard for money my entire life, you know, up until my adult life too. So those were the, kind of the ideals that I downloaded, that I kind of um, created, that I had to work hard for money, that I had to struggle for money, and that, you know, there weren't certain opportunities that were available to me. So... 
I did what I thought I was supposed to do, which was I went to college and got a degree and went and got a good job, what people told me to do. And I went and got an even better job. And when I finally felt like I was making really good money, I was walked into a conference room with three other, 300 other people. And we were told that we no longer had a job. Um, basically that we were told to go home. And for me, that was devastating because even though I was making good money, I had no idea where my money was going. Um, I didn't have savings. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything. And I tell people, you know, at that point in my life, I realized that I was one paycheck away from homelessness. And if I didn't figure it out fast, I was not going to have a place to live. So that kind of sparked a journey in me with, with me. Um, you know, during this time, I was working in the finance industry. And when I went back to the finance industry, I realized that I wasn't the only one that had this issue. Like, there are people all over the world really struggling. And I think the percentage was that, you know, 70% of people don't even have $1,000 to cover an emergency if it were to happen. And I wanted to begin to change that not just for, you know, for all people, but especially for women, um, because I didn't want women to struggle the way that my mom struggled. And I didn't want to struggle the way that my mom struggled. So I kind of began studying and learning and helping other women achieve financial freedom. Wow, that's such an inspiring story. I think we are our customers or clients first before we actually show up and serve in the world because I can relate to that experience and I've shared my story on my first podcast, but you know, I've shared it throughout as well that I was living from a place of being financially dysfunctional. I mean, I had a finance degree, but that I didn't translate that <laughs> into my own personal finances until life happens, you know, and I feel like life happens kind of to just wake us up like, hey, what is going on? What are you committing to do at this moment? You know, and if you're willing to make a shift, what shift are you willing to take on? And so for me, I know that happened with my daughter being born. You know, I went on uh, bed rest prior to her being born premature, and I had like $150 in my savings account. And I knew that this was not the way that I wanted to go. Although I had seen it, you know, growing up, I didn't want that to be my story or her story. So I knew that I had to start making some shifts for myself personally um, so that she can see a better example of how to better manage money, be a good steward of her money, be a good steward of her everyday life, be a good steward of her gifts. And so that required me to work on myself, you know, and I always say that true wealth is an inside job first before it becomes part of your reality because it's true, you know, <laughs> it's truly true. And so I love how you shared your story because, yes, you went through your financial struggles and now you can relate to the women that you support because you can say, hey, you know, I've been through that. I know how it feels to, you know, feel not have a job, you know, not have that income coming in, not have that savings available. You know, we're able to make those intimate connections. And I think that that's really important, especially when we're showing up to serve. So thank you so much for sharing your story. <laughs> now, while you were rebuilding, Jaleesa, how can you – how how can someone build a healthy or wealthy financial mindset when they're going from that zero and they're building up? And I would say the micro wins for the mega wins, you know, those small wins to get to that big goal. How did you set your mindset up to win? 
Well, the biggest thing that I had to do when setting my mindset up to win, because wealth starts in the mind. Um, before it can manifest in your life, before it can manifest in your business, in your relationship, it, it all starts in the mind. And I think that, you know, that's a miss, one of the missing keys um, at large in the finance industry. I think that a lot of people are talking about it more and more, but it's just so important to have that mindset first. Uh, and one of the things that I really had to change was I had to stop playing the victim because I had spent my whole life playing the victim. You know, I was a victim of my circumstance. I was a victim of being a single family household, you know, um, as a double minority, as a black woman, you know, I was, a, a, I had that victim mentality there, you know, everybody's out to get me and, and, and the world is just a big bad place. And of course there, there are, you know, prejudices out there. I won't, I won't, you know, diminish that, but I had to realize that my life is my responsibility, that nobody was coming to save me, that, you know, if, if, first of all, I've never met a rich victim. So if I wanted to be wealthy, if I wanted to have money, if I wanted to leave a legacy, I could not do that as a victim. And the moment that you play the victim, you give your power to the other party. So reclaiming my power and taking that back and saying, you know, no, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm, I'm going to be a victor and I'm going to take full responsibility for where I am in my life and what actions led me here. And then I'm going to change them. And it, it's really as simple as that. You know, once I began to um, reclaim my life and kind of get back into corporate America, um, learn, start learning about money. I was able to pay off over $40,000 of debt. I created, you know, a brand. I created my money mogul. I started empowering women. I started learning how to create multiple streams of income, passive income, um, you know, increasing my network. I started learning so many things all because I realized that the power was within me and it wasn't within anyone else but myself. Uh, so with my new empowered mindset and, you know, God as my CEO, I really just began taking on the world head on and changing things. I love what you just shared. Um, she touched on so many key elements. She didn't stay a victim. Um, and I always say that you can only be a victim once the next time you're a volunteer. So if you continue to attach yourself to the story of, oh, you know, I can't do this or whatever that I can, I couldn't, I shouldn't, that you attach yourself to, it's going to leave you in that state of not moving forward. But when you start choosing vocabulary or words that put you in a position of strength, like I choose to, you know, it things start shifting. You know, I can. Things start shifting because I know that was very important to me. And one of the things that I always say is that you are the only person who thinks in your mind. You are the power and authority in your world. So if we can just shift the way that we think about, our circumstances and start looking for opportunities and possibilities so much more is possible when you have that right mindset to support your highest good. So I love how you touched on that, you know, building a healthy mindset. And I think everyone on their money journey works on that. It's like a muscle, you know, you start with affirmations and you start watering that seed and then you start taking action. You start that one step. I know for me, I started with journaling because I just needed to be aware of what I was thinking. 
what kind of thoughts I was holding myself hostage to. And then once I started to become aware of what I was thinking, I was like, no wonder I'm not making any progress with my money. I got so much junk going on. I need to tell the negative committee inside my head to sit down and shut up. You know, so I had to kind of switch that around. So I love how you touched on that. Now, I did want to want to ask you, what does living an abundant life mean to you? I know that that's the signature of your podcast, but what does that mean to you, to the money mogul? To me, living an abundant life means living life on your terms. So being able to to do what you want whenever you want um, with your family, you know, that, that includes time freedom, that, inclu- that includes money freedom, that includes being paid and being paid well for your gifts. You know, um, the, the slogan kind of came to me, uh, the, the keys to living an abundant life, because I, you know, did what you were just talking about earlier, which was journaling. I realized that I had never fully written down what I wanted. I had kind of just started like, go, 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 going after things, but I wasn't clear I wasn't crystal clear on what I was going after, what I wanted. Um, And so when I first started building my business, I was building a business that I didn't love because I was unclear about what I even wanted just from business. Um, So I had to take a step back and think, what does living an abundant life mean to me? You know, what, what, what is that going to mean? More time with my daughter, more time with my husband. Is that going to mean traveling the world? You know, what does that mean? What does it look like? And, you know, once I was able to get clear that there is no financial freedom without time freedom, and there is no financial freedom without money freedom. You know, I want to be paid well for my gifts, but I also want to have freedom of my time to do the things that I love and to be with the people that I love and be there experiencing life with them and not watching it from afar. So if you guys have not um, already checked out her podcast, um, Jaleesa, could you share how they can actually get connected to that and so that they can also start living an abundant life too? Yes, absolutely. So um, the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Um, And it's called Secrets of a Money Mogul. And you can also access that from my website, www.mymoneymogul.com slash podcast. And that'll take you to the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Because I think we touched on this a little bit before we started, um, you know, talking. Um, And one of the things is, and I think I shared personally that I believe that designing true success is about designing a lifestyle that works best for you, which is kind of in alignment with what you're saying with living an abundant life. You know, so not comparing your life to what someone else is doing, but designing a life that fits where you are in your season and where you're growing to. I think that's really important. So I love how you talked about so many different dynamics of living an abundant life. You talked about time freedom, financial freedom, and how all those components can work together. Now, what are some awesome money management systems, since you talked about the financial piece, what are some awesome money management systems or tools anyone can start using immediately, no matter what is happening in the economy? So I think when it comes to our money, we really just kind of like overcomplicate things. Like I try to teach my clients um, when I was, you know, managing clients one-on-one with money management. Now I kind of manage different things, but 
um, I was really just teaching them, keep it simple. You know, there are a lot of free tools out there that help you. I am a personal fan of mint.com. I have always used it. I used it for years and years and years. I just think that it is just such an easy tool to see where your money is going. Like when it comes to money, you have to build that relationship. And I personally, you know, there's different money personalities that you can have. And I know that the one that I personally had was an avoider. My mom is an avoider. I picked that up from her. I know that I was an avoider. If I didn't have to look at it, I wasn't going to look at it. I was just going to pretend like the whole financial mess did not exist because that to me was easier than facing it. So I had to cut that, those avoiding tendencies and I had to really, um, you know, start to build a relationship with my money, know where my money is going, know where my income sources are coming from and, you know, what you focus on grows. So when you start focusing on your money, when you start checking your accounts daily, regularly, when you start praying over your accounts, when you start, you know, asking God to give you new income ideals and new witty and um, creative adventures, when you become open to that, it's like God answers those prayers and it's like things just start happening. You you kind of get into flow, you know, you kind of get into um, a sequence in life where things, doors just start opening. You start meeting new people. You know, you meet a person that, you know, gives you a new business opportunity and that new business opportunity, you know, can produce, you know, extra two or $3,000 revenue for you to use towards your financial goals, towards financial freedom. Um, but you first have to build that relationship, get comfortable with where you are and get clarity on where you want to go. That is so true because a confused mind does nothing. I've realized that a long time ago. Whenever a person, sometimes when a person is in a state of confusion, they make no decisions and they do nothing. And so I know I talked about journaling um, as one of the tools that I use to start. Um, and so with journaling, what I simply did, I wrote down all my habits that I thought was good and that all the habits that I needed to release or change um, or the people and situations that were associated with that habit. And I tried to take that. And first, I forgave myself. I think that's another big, important element, especially for women, um, because sometimes we're overgivers and we don't want to leave ourselves a victim of overgiving because you want to always make sure that you're giving from a place that feels good and honors you first and your financial goals. So that's one of the things that I always share with women is, you know, when it comes to your finances, don't be a, give from a place of, um, you know, lack and limitation. Make sure that you give from a place that makes you feel good and make sure, make sure that you're in an alignment with your financial goal and taking care of yourself first. And so what I realized is that I needed to work on that area as far as with forgiveness. And I simply just kept, every day I would say, you know what, Natasha, I forgive you for that financial mistake. I forgive you for making that, you know, decision. I forgive you. And it started to become more easier for me because then I started to build that muscle where I could go to the Mint app. See, I wasn't that type. My personality, because I'm so heart-centered, I couldn't go from, you know, journaling to the app real fast. I had to take my steps, you know. For me, I that and that was my own, you know, everyone has their own progress through it. <clears throat> but my journey was journaling, forgiveness, looking at what was working, what wasn't working, 
how can I make those changes in the areas that I know that's not working? So becoming more self-aware because self-awareness brings you closer and denial pushes you away. So making sure I was becoming more self-aware. Then I was like, okay, I think I'm ready now to kind of bring some tools into the, into the process of it. But I had to work on, you know, that personal development with me first before I went to the app because then I would easily become overwhelmed. So if you are listening and that is you, it's okay if you feel like you can't go to the app right now. <laughs> it's okay to feel like, you, you know, you need to journal in the moment, look at what's working, what's not working, and then look at what is that one thing that I can do this week to shift what I'm doing with my finances. If that one thing is, you know, looking at the app, that one thing is starting a spending plan, what is that one thing that you can do, getting an accountability partner? You know, because like you said, keep it simple. And I do believe that depending on who you listen to, it can seem like it's a complicated process, but personal finance doesn't have to be. You know, it's very personal. You know, that's what I always say. Personal finance is personal. So you have to do what works best for you and your lifestyle and make those tweaks and an adjustment at that, you know, at whatever stage you're in. So with that being said, you talked about some income generating tools. What is the income secret? That is the key to creating the wealth you desire and the life you deserve. I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, I'm going to say this. Go digital. The Internet is the future. Claim your digital real estate. Claim your digital real estate today. I don't, I don't know what better way to say that. If, if you are not creating some kind of digital component in your business, in your financial plan, um, and some of these computers – you know, they work when we don't work. They work when we don't want to work. So I think that that is absolutely one of the one of the income sh- tools that every single person can use to achieve um, passive income and achieve financial freedom is go digital, you know, let the systems work when you don't want to. I love that because you can sleep wealthy. That's what I like to call it. You know, you sleep wealthy. You create something. You create a product, you know, that solves a problem. So, of course, it has to be um, validated in the marketplace when you're creating something. Um, And then once people find your solution, they're like, you know what, I definitely want to purchase this because I know that I could find value in it. And so, like you said, claiming your digital real estate is really key on that. So if someone wanted to get started with that, you know, what is a way that someone can, like, what would be like step one that someone could put in place if they're like, hmm, you know, I really want to try this, but I don't know where to begin? Well, step one is, um, like you were saying, you have to solve a problem. Um, so who are you going to serve and how are you going to serve them? That's pretty much that mm-hmm. To me, okay. um, you know, there's two ways to get to, to get to places. You can take the long road or you can take the short road. And I really feel like my business grew fast. And as I've been reflecting on my business um, these last couple of months, <laughs> I realized that my first year was so successful because I, I wanted the shortcuts and I, I invested in coaches and programs that gave me those up front. So I skipped something. I'm not going to say everything because, uh, you know, business is a learning process. But I was able to get coaches who helped me to avoid things um, my first year in business and to really get clear on who I was serving, how I was helping them, 
And what were the, the exact strategies that I needed to, to, to take? Uh, so really get clear, really getting clear on your ideal client. Who are you serving and how are you helping them? Um, because I do feel like when I was, when I first started my business, I made it all about me. It was all about me and my story. And the truth is people don't care about your story. They care about how your story can help them, how it can help them out of what they're going through. And your, your business, your mission, it has to be bigger than yourself. Very true. Very true. And we touched on that a little bit. Um, I think earlier where, um, before we actually started recording the podcast about purpose and how purpose is so much bigger than, you know, us, because the people that listen to the podcast, the people that connect to your service, your offering, or even connect to you, they become the heirs to your gifts and talents. And they have, depending on how they use the information, they have the ability to change their legacy, you know, and that's such an impactful, that's like priceless, you know, that's like a total transformation. And so when we get up to serve, we want to make sure we are actually getting up to serve. And it's not about us because we're just a vessel, we're just a tool that's being placed here to be in support of what humanity needs. So I love how you said, you know, and and I felt the same way in the beginning. Oh, you know, I'm going to get this business. It's going to be all about me and let me tell you that's the quickest way to fall in your business because people are not concerned with you they're concerned with how can you be a solution how can you be my guide to support me in this journey to where I need to go to what I need to solve and I think that mindset shift was huge for me personally and for my business because it helped me to take that humble route. And I had posted something that um, Quincy Jones had shared because I was watching the Quincy Jones documentary on Netflix. Yeah. And I rarely watch TV, but it just so happened my, my mother-in-law is here, and so we started watching that. And one of the things that he said, it really stood out to me. And what he said was, I'm looking for that quote right now, he said an ego is just an overdressed um, insecurity. Yeah. And when I thought about that, I was like, ooh, that is so good. An ego is an overdressed insecurity. And I had to break that down and process that. And I'm like, oh, like it, that, it just hit me so heavy because at the root of that, there's something else that's going on. And that's why we dress everything up. And so if that is something that you're processing, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, in the journey. If that's something that you know that you need to shift, it's okay to make mistakes. As long as you become aware, if that's not working for you, do something differently because you always have the right to choose. And so, you know, when we show up to serve, the business is about showing up to serve and help people. So I love that. Um, what is one financial mistake you were able to overcome and how did you do it? I think you shared a little bit about that in the beginning. Um, one financial mistake that I was over to able to overcome was definitely just having a real messed up relationship with money. I mean, honestly, uh, like I just I I had so many emotion like I just feel like money is so emotional. I had so many emotional is. insecurities um, that were within me. You know, even some some self some self-hate going on. I just felt like when it came to my financial situation, it was complete self-sabotage. Like I was, I was my biggest obstacle 
in my financial future. And the truth was, I didn't believe that I deserved to be wealthy. I didn't believe that, you know, someone like me could have financial freedom. I didn't believe that, like I said, that I deserved it. And overcoming that is still a daily process. You know, when it comes to growing my business, sometimes I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure that I deserve a million dollar business. I can say that with my mouth, but do my actions show that? Or are there other deep-rooted issues that I'm ignoring? And I think, you know, doing the emotional work as well as the spiritual work and investing in me and I've, you know, had to go to um, therapy. I've had to go to church. I've had to go to prayer. I've had to ask God to really reveal to me why is why was I making the financial mistakes that I was making? And at the root of it, it was a lot of self-hate and it was a lot of beliefs that I, that I wasn't worthy. So I had to learn how to overcome that. You know, I think that that's, um, when you share that, I see pieces of myself in that, believing that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't worthy of what it is that I wanted. And so I would continue to do things to sabotage my success. And I would sit down at the end of the day or end of whenever I'm reviewing and say, why haven't, why am I not making forward progress? And when I started to break it down, it's because I didn't believe that what I wanted was available to me. And when you really look at the root of that, sometimes we don't believe that we are worthy or that we are enough for whatever it is that our hearts desire. And so, you know, I love how you talked about getting into counseling because, you know, through my journey, I've had to do that for myself. And it's really not about, you know, because sometimes people can have stereotypes and say, oh, why are you going to a counselor? And for me, it's about getting the right strategies that I need to have a successful life. If that, if my life is important to me, I need to make sure that I have the right tools and equipment so that I can, whenever things start happening, I know how to not be in reactive to it, but know how to build healthy boundaries and barriers so that I can protect myself. And so when I started thinking about it from that perspective, things started to shift because then you also, as a mother, you want to make sure that you're equipping your children as well. And I always say that, like, as parents, we give our kids this invisible suitcase with strategies, you know, with prayer, with love, you know, memories, everything that we can to invest into them. At some point, they're going to have to make withdrawals from that investment. And I just want to make sure that when they are making their withdrawals from the investment of all that I've poured into them, that they have something that they have some kind of tool, some kind of strategies that they can use to be a better person, to grow into their highest and best self. So before I can make that shift for them, I have to make that shift for me. And so when you think about it, you know, going to get some get support, because it's really not, you know, hey, you're going to see a therapist. No, I'm going to get support because my life is important to me and I need the right tools and strategies so that my children can be successful. You know, but I have to first learn how to do that for myself. So I love how you said that, because I think sometimes in certain cultures, we kind of hide behind that and push it under the rug like we're not supposed to. No, that's the support system. And if that's the support system that you need to encourage, you, then why not use that support system? Why not look for the resources? Why not get someone to give you new tools that I can use in my toolbox? You know, I don't know everything. I'm always learning and growing. I need some tools in my toolbox. So I love how you were very transparent with that. Now, how do you manage? Because I know you have a beautiful baby girl. How do you manage money, motherhood, and everything in between? <laughs> 
You know, I can only say one word to managing um, everything in between mother, money, motherhood, money, and marriage, and everything, and that is grace. Um, Showing yourself a little grace. You know, I think that I thought that motherhood was going to be one way, (laughs) and it has been a complete eye-opener that I am not in control. You know, things happen, um, but I have to have grace on myself, you know, and I, I just, I stopped trying to find balance and started being okay with just having harmony and just knowing that, you know, sometimes things are off. Sometimes, you know, I don't get anything done in a day. <laughs> Nothing that I plan. I don't get to check not one thing off my to-do list because of, of what has, you know, taken place with my daughter. You know, she's just peeing or having a bad day. And that is okay, you know. Showing myself that grace and allowing myself to, to make mistakes along the way um, and move forward from them. Because even if it's slow progress, as long as it's forward progress, that is okay. So all I can say is just grace, 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 just loving on yourself and giving yourself a little grace. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I need to do some snaps here <laughs> because I'm a mom of two. I have, I'm, I've been a wife for 12, well, going on 12 years. January will make 12 years that we've been married. And there's all, there's different seasons. And you just have to know when to shift in the season that you're in. And taking a step back is okay. I think the culture gives us this trap meaning of what success looks like, especially as a woman. You know, we're supposed to have an S on our chest at all times, on the front, in the back, you know, have mittens on with S on our chest, sneakers with S on our chest, and be ready to go. And it's not all, that's not always the case, <laughs> you know. So I, I really appreciate you saying grace because I think that's really important, being able to be flexible in the moment. And I don't believe in balance anymore either because anything, when you have children, a spouse, there's so many different components that can happen within a day. And so I just try to remember to be flexible. I'm like, okay, I got to be flexible. I got to be flexible. Even though I have, you know, something coming up, I got to be flexible. I have to be flexible. And just giving myself that opportunity to go with the flow sometimes, you know, when the kids get sick and then I have a project that I'm working on, you know, sometimes I just have to remind myself, okay, well, what is it that I need to learn in this moment? Because I think that life is always teaching us something, whether we realize it or not, or whether we're paying attention or not, life is always there to teach us something so that we can learn and grow. And so I kind of always remember that. One of the things that I do, and I think I shared this on my social media posts is, um, now I have an anchor that when I touch a doorknob, I ask myself, how am I handling life? Because, you know, you have the door handle. How are you handling yeah. life? And that's like a quick check-in for myself. Like, Natasha, how are you handling life? You know, and sometimes we need that emotional check-in because we're, you know, doing so many different components. We have so many different hats. You know, how are you putting self-care first? How are you making sure, you know, that the finances is balanced? You know, how are you balancing life? And it doesn't have to be all those different elements because you can ask yourself different questions. And I do for me throughout the day, you know, how am I 
how am I handling life? Because I think that that's important, but sometimes we're so busy going that we don't take the time to kind of check in with ourselves. So I needed some kind of component where I could check in. Do I do it every day? No, no, no. But I've gotten really good because I've been doing it for a while that it just started to become automatic. Like, how are you handling life, Natasha? Like, like instantly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, how did this work out? You know, could I have done something differently in this moment? Do I need to apologize about this? You know? And so just being mindful, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is just being mindful. Instead of balance, I like to say I want to be mindful with my life, with my money, with my marriage, with my motherhood, you know, being conscious and awake. Um, because it's so easy to kind of just let it pass through, putting simple processes in a place. And that doesn't have to be what, you know, the audience used. You can choose something else, you know, that works for you, that has been working for you. I would love to hear um, about how you actually do your self-check-in and share it with me. You could do that in the comments when you do the feedback. But I would love to learn how everyone else is, you know, especially if you're a mom and have many different hats, how are you being mindful about life? And so awesome to... One of the things that I use is, you know, I make sure that I take a moment of silence to just take a deep breath and feel in my body, like, what what is it? And breathe through it because the breath is so powerful, you know. So it's just like, just taking that moment to just breathe deeply and say, you know, like, I feel this, this tension in my chest because I'm worried about something financially or because you know, I'm missing somebody or because I'm hurting and, and allowing yourself to feel that. Like I used to suppress a lot of emotions, like sadness or anger, you know, think of them as bad emotions, but they're not bad. You know, they're there for a reason. And the more that we try to, you know, shun them, the more that we try to like suppress them, the worse it gets for us, the more tension we harbor in our bodies. And learning how to release that and learning how to, you know, take a deep breath and say, you know, I'm feeling sad because I didn't meet my deadline or I'm feeling sad because financially I'm not where I want to be. And being able to acknowledge that and being able to breathe through it and then being able to come back and say, how do I get, how do I get to where I want to go? You know, I'm not where I want to be financially. I'm not where I want to be in business, but let me take a deep breath and how do I get? to where I want to go. What What's the next step? Yes. Yes. And I love that because the next step doesn't have to be like a mega. It could be, I just need to Google a business idea. It could be as simple. I need to talk to someone who is in business and, you know, see what my options are. And I think sometimes we overwhelm ourselves and think that we got to go from small leap to mega jump in like the, a matter of days, minutes, hours. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, micro wins, I always say micro wins for the mega wins, you know, taking small chunking, taking small steps to get to that goal that you desire to achieve. And it's okay to back steps, you know, make mistakes, back up, but just making sure that you're stewarding those everyday moments. You know, even if it's a small moment, it doesn't, you know, as long as it's moving you in the direction of your goals, like you were saying, that's really, really critical. And I love how you touched on breathing. I was when you said that I was like, oh my goodness, that is so true. Because I decided um, one of the months over the summer, I decided to go to a Buddhist monk temple because I wanted to learn how to meditate, like for real, for real, like not YouTube meditate. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn like with the monks, like like because that is their 
spiritual practice, like that is something that they are committed to and they are not shaking that. And so I said, okay, well, we have one locally. And it just so happened that a medical doctor, he wasn't a Buddhist, but he was leading the meditation at that time. And he said in the beginning, I'm a medical doctor and I hear people breathe all the time and they are always breathing very shallow, very anxious. They're not breathing to live. When he said that, I was like, it was just my mind just open because he sees them all you know he's in his practice he sees so many different people and it just made sense you know sometimes we're not breathing taking a moment to live breathe to live we're living very anxious very shallow you know very fast-paced life that we don't take a moment to pause and I was like wow okay this is going to be really good so I was super excited for the rest of the time that I was going just to learn how to kind of pause you know, for myself and do, like you said, those breathing techniques to give your moment, you know, give yourself that moment to kind of rejuvenate yourself, to revitalize yourself, to reconnect with yourself, you know, being at peace with yourself. You know, I think that that's really important. So I love that you touched on that, Shalisa. Now, before you go, (laughs) how can someone get in touch with you um, if they want to, you know, get get to know who you are, how you show up to serve, how they can get connected to you. What are some of the ways, whether that's social media or your website, that they can stay connected to you? Yes. um, So you can stay connected to me via social media. Um, On Instagram, I am MyMoneyMogul. And everywhere else, I am at Janisa Ann. and I also always like to give a free gift. Um, so, I, you know, to join my email list, to kind of get, get in the crew, become a money mogul yourself, kind of get connected with me. So if you go to www.mymoneymogul.com slash gift, um, there will be a free gift for your audience um, so that they can stay in touch with me and, and join the list. I love free gifts. (laughs) So if you guys, I'll make sure the link will be posted along with how you can stay connected to her on the website and on social media platforms. Um, If you don't follow her, please do so. Um, She's always posting um, positive affirmations, which sometimes I use them for myself for that week. You know, as I read them and I feel that it resonates with me, I'm like, oh, wow, this would be perfect. I try to have an affirmation each week. And I said, oh, this would be perfect for my week. So if you need that uplifting, you know, something positive, you want to exercise that faith in you muscle, then I would definitely say get connected to her on social media because she does um, share positive affirmations that you could use um, and that you could apply into your life. So thank you so much, Shalisa, for being a good steward of showing up to support um, the communities, the audience on how to manage, you know, motherhood, money, and your ministry. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'd love to get to know you and hear all about your passions, dreams, and how this podcast has helped you. So please be sure to leave me a review. For more beyond this podcast, visit me at wealthstylist.com to choose your own adventure. 
This includes joining my free global community, The Wealth Circle, to read the latest on my blog, and to connect with me on social media at Wealth Stylist. Thank you again for tuning in to The Wealth Stylist Podcast.